For the 99th year church anniversary, we will celebrate Friday, September 16th through Sunday, September the 18th. We will begin the celebration with prayer and ordination service for new deacons and deaconesses on Friday, September 16th at 6 p.m. Then on Saturday, September 17th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., we will have a picnic and a barbecue cook-off here on the grounds of Zion Hill. On Sunday, September 18th, please join us for worship services at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. with our very own Pastor Joshua Joy Dara Sr. Make plans now to celebrate with us these special events. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256 or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right. Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. And if you're searching for a church home, we invite you to be a part of the Zion Hill family. Meet Pastor Dara and Lady Elizabeth at the altar after the benediction or go to the church website and complete the information on the eChurch tab. Please join Pastor Joshua Joy Dara every Wednesday night at 6 p.m., for our online Bible school called Grace for Today or our in-church Bible school. Also feel free to join us for our Friday night prayer service every Friday night at 6 p.m. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. Until next time, we'll see you at the top. Good morning and welcome to Zion Hills Worship Service. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to lift up the name of Jesus. The but Lord. before we do, so stay tuned. I don't tuned. know what you came to do on this morning, but I came to praise the Lord. I came to lift up the name of Jesus. And I say to you on this morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Zion Hill. And if you are visiting with Zion Hill on today, we want to just thank you for making Zion Hill your choice. And if you are visiting with Zion Hill today for the first time, at the end of our server, we ask that you go by the greeters booth in the foyer and they will have a gift for you. Let us go to the Lord and pray. Spirit of the Holy God, Lord, we welcome you into this place. We welcome you into our homes. We welcome you into our schools. We welcome you into our churches. We welcome you on the street corners, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just lift you up. We magnify you. We praise you, Heavenly Father. Father God, we know that you are a healer. And if you need healing on this morning, we know that God is a healer. And God, we pray for the sick and the shed in. We pray for everyone. 
because God, you said that you will supply all our needs according to your riches and glory. And Father God, we ask that you just create in us a clean heart and renew in us the right spirit. Father God, we come asking that you just have your way, have your way, have your way in this place on today. Because if you don't come in this service, then it will not have its way that you would want it to be. And Father God, we just continue to lift you up. Father God, we love you because you first loved us, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in you shall have eternal life. And Father God, somebody may be here today that don't know you in the pardon of their sin. We ask that you let them come running, asking what must I do to be saved. And Father God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you know if there's nobody but the Lord that woke you up this morning, come on and stand to your feet and give God some praise. Come on and tell him thank you. Thank you. We bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah.
Turning lives around. Thank you, Jesus. 
your worship. Shift the atmosphere right now. Shift the atmosphere with your worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. Speak well of him. Speak well of him. Speak well of him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift it loud. Lift it loud. Let all of heaven hear you. Lift it loud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Even when I don't feel you working, even when I don't feel you working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel you working, even when I don't feel you working, you never stop, you never stop working.
miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. One more time, all over the building. Waymaker, yeah. Come on, lift that up, lift that one more time. Waymaker, yeah, yeah. And I pray that all is well with you and your family and everyone. And it's great to see you all this morning in worship service. My name is Lisa Harris, and I am a member of your event planning committee. And I greet you this morning with an announcement and ask that you save the date. In September, we will be celebrating our 99th church anniversary. Amen. 99 years of existing here in Pineville, Louisiana, and in our community making a difference. So I'm asking that you save the date of September 16th, 17th, and 18th, as you see on the screen there. We're going to have a weekend celebration. We'll start it on that Friday evening where we we will ordain our new deacons and deaconess here in the church. Amen? Amen. So that'll be Friday um, at 6 p.m. here in the sanctuary. And then on Saturday, the 17th, We're asking that not only you come out, but that you invite all of your family and friends for a fellowship here um, on the church property in the parking lot there. We're going to have a good time with a cookout, um, barbecue, food and drinks and games and everything for everyone. So we're asking that you bring your family and friends to help you share in this celebration of our 99th church anniversary. And then, of course, Sunday we'll we'll meet here for our 8 a.m. and our 10 a.m. worship service. So Zion Hill, I've given you the dates. You un- I hope you understand the charge, and we're looking for you to come out and help us celebrate this important milestone for our church, our church, 99 years of existence. Um, if you are, we traditionally ask that you give a dollar for every year. You can give, if that's fine with you, you can give that. If you can give more, that's even better. The ushers will have the pink envelopes for you to um, place your uh, your contributions for the church anniversary in those give what you can you know what the god what lord has blessed you with so please um we ask that you all there's something for everyone there for you to participate in this anniversary anniversary celebration on the 16th 17th and 18th amen amen, amen. i'll see you then thank you praise the lord God with our giving. Let me encourage you to learn to prosper in your finances. It's good to be healthy. It's good to have prosperity in every area of your life. When we talk about wholeness, That means 
in all areas of your life. There should be nothing missing. There should be nothing broken. It is not the will of God for Christians to be going from paycheck to paycheck. If you read your Bible very closely, you will hear God say, go to the ants. Thou sluggard, consider its ways, and you will be wise. That's Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. There's a reason why God said, go to the ants and learn something. Ants never spend everything they got. They have savings. They have reserve. They don't wait on the government or anyone. Because they've learned to be, to be saving. And they've learned to prepare for the future. So I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Now people ask me all the time, Pastor, you don't get it. I don't have enough to live right now. So how can I save? Very, very good question. First, let me be brutally honest with you. Most people that you see here, from the pulpit to the pews, they were, we were exactly where you are. So it's not like it's nothing new. Uh, you're not going to find too many members of this church, unless they're lying, that they were born with silver spoon in their mouth. So we know about poverty. We know about shortage. But we also know how to cross over from a land of not enough to a land of more than enough. And that's what I want you to please grab hold of. There is a way to cross over. There is a way to move over. There is a way to see those situations you are in right now in your rear view mirror. So the question is how? It's very, very simple. He said, bring ye all the tithes and your offering to the storehouse. And he said, test me and see if I will not change your posture. If I will not move you from where you are now to a land of more than enough. That's how simple it is. Now it sounds like, oh, I've heard that all my life. You may have heard it all your life, but until you do it, it won't profit you. Let me tell you briefly how you do it. You come to church this morning, and we invite you to honor God with your substance. The first thing you have to do is to change your thinking. What do I need to change? My thinking. Many of you are thinking that you are, you are being called to bless the church. You are too small to bless the church. So God don't need anybody's help. So, what we're asking you to do is give you an opportunity for God to bless you. 
uh, the first place the thinking must be changed by the way let me confess I used to think like you I thought I'm helping the church help them to pay like bills help them to pay mortgage until I wise up and see that the silver and the gold all belong to God when Jesus entered Peter's boat he asked him can I use your boat he don't need Peter's boat if he wants to preach that the whole world can hear his voice he can do it without Peter and if you read that scripture very closely you see there were two boats there so if Peter said no he can go to another boat so when we ask you to give, it's an opportunity for who? Me, you, to be blessed. So don't miss that opportunity. And also you need to know that you can give and still stay broke. If your giving was not done with good heart, you just make it a donation. So adjust your thinking. I know all of us grew up in religion. And they brainwash us to think, okay, the church needs something. So we've got to help the church. No, now I'm saying to you, learn to help your own self. Learn to help your children. Learn to help your children's children. A good man. A good woman don't leave debt for their children. They leave an inheritance. 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 That means you have to have more than enough. So be sure that you begin today to see God's face to prosper yourself. Somebody fooled around one time I was running for office many years ago and they asked me on a form, what is your net worth? I felt insulted by the numbers they put there on the paper and I told them you don't know my net worth if you know you won't even be talking to me they asked me what is your net worth then? I said my net worth is that my God supplies not few of my needs not every now and then I get a break all of my needs are made I said now put a number to that you serve a God that is committed to take care of you but not only do you have to give to the ashes when they pass by or give with the right attitude. The Bible says not grudgingly. Not out of necessity. You see, God is trying every method to make sure that you and I get it. God is looking for what kind of giver? Cheerful. Cheerful. Get excited. Don't miss the opportunity. Say a prayer over your money. It's not just paper. 
Every now and then you have to speak to things. Jesus spoke to a tree. You can speak to things. Money thou art lose. You see, I will never be broke again in my life. Say something. There is creative power in your mouth. Did you get it? Did you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? When I tell you I see you at the top, it's not just a fancy phrase. It is the word of God. The righteous are never forsaken. They are seed. And they never be on the soup line. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Once you get it, no devil can stop you. So make sure you move from the right race. There is a God who is ready, willing, and able to bless you beyond your imagination. He said, eyes have not even seen it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ears have not heard it. It's never been conceived in the hearts of men what God has in store for those that love him. Love him with all your heart. Give him the best of your time. Invest your energy, your life in, in the kingdom of God. And watch him make a way. Watch him pay your bill. Watch him add value to you. Watch him increase you more and more. And that's my prayer for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that this house is a house of plenty. Lord, I thank you that there are sowers in this house. I pray in the precious name of Jesus. Anointing of more than enough. Running over anointing. Let it flow freely unhindered in the life of every giver. I thank you that people will come from north and south east and west to behold the glory of God in this house. I thank you for increase in the home of everyone present here. It is so. In Jesus' name. Remember, you can give through the ushers right now. You can give through our church app. Just use your phone, access our church app and give. You can also give by simply texting your giving. Because maybe you like me, you don't walk around with cash. Your text message can do it. And they will tell you how to how to text for giving this morning. And let God use you. You know all that we are working on. Let you your life be an instrument for God to use. When God said to Peter, may I use your boat? God is saying to you this morning, can I use your own boat? And only you
can answer that question. God bless you. Why you're looking so proud? This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to get blessed. You can tell I love to see people blessed. The children just minister to us. I'm 
going to ask them to do that song one more time. And this time is for you and me. I want God to rain down in your life. See, there are three things you have to claim this blessing for. See, when they, when I look at the choir stand, I see the choir stand is full. Thank God for that. Oh, you can do better than that. These keys could have been anywhere else. But they are in the house of the Lord. Am I right about it? Let me give you a second reason. You know, lawyers, you've got to prove your case. The second thing I noticed, thank God for eyes to see. I noticed the way they dress. And I checked every one of them out. That's the kind of pastor you see. I, I can tell you what every praise worship team was wearing. Including their shoes. I check all of them out. And when I look at these children, I'm amazed the way they dress. If you work with students in elementary school, high school, colleges, some of them put their palm way down here. Some of them don't even know how to appear. But you are blessed. Children, stand up again. I want them to show you. Stand up again. Check them out. Check them out. You ought to be rejoicing this morning and thanking God. I thank you parents for a good job. A professional job. I'm in the business of hiring people. These are the kind of people I want to hire. The Bible said, train up the children the way they should go. When they grow up, they won't depart from it. That's the way it should be. Amen. Let me give you one more reason to position yourself to be blessed this morning. The Bible said, I didn't do it. The Bible said, out of the mouth of children, shall come what kind of praise? Perfect praise. So you cannot afford to sit down, cross your leg, and look indignified when perfect praise is blasting right in your face. So even though I got things to do. I'm going to ask you to stand up. This time you join them. This time you thank God for them. If you don't know how to sing, just wave your hand. Say, Lord, I thank you for young people. Minister Terrence, will you please come back, son? Let's do it again. And all of heaven is rejoicing. We're proud of you.
receive it. Amen. I'm pleased to mention to you that one of our deacons, Deacon Willie Jackson and his lovely wife, Maggie Jackson, they renewed their vow. They've been married 50 years. Good God Almighty. God Almighty, thank God for Jesus. We pray for longevity. That's a miracle by itself. And so we rejoice with Dickie Jackson and Sister Jackson. Also, I want to welcome those of you who are joining us through live stream. We don't take for granted your association with Zion Hill. We thank you for joining us this morning. Glad to see Reverend Greg attending with us this morning. This is home. We appreciate your presence. Also this evening, I believe it's 6 o'clock. Did I get that right? 6.30, I'm sorry. At 6.30, our worship team going to be leading worship over there at Louisiana Christian University. And let me tell you, we went through eight different groups and everyone footed for Zion Hill Praise Worship Team. So I am excited for them. This evening at 6.30 if you want to just come and celebrate God because I know that place is going to be cooking. Yes, I said it on TV. <laughs> when we show up, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> when you're blessed, you just blessed. You can't help yourself. <laughs> we are grateful for that opportunity. If you have your Bible with you, please open it to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Chapter 2. Thank you, children. That was awesome singing. Amen. We are very, very proud of you. The book of Habakkuk, some people call it Habakkuk. Just call it <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 3. Just one verse. Amen. The Bible says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, 
it may speak no it shall speak and that vision shall not lie though it tarry guess what you need to do wait for why because it will surely come it will not tarry if you receive that for your life say amen, amen. Lord we thank you for your word Holy Spirit we thank you for your presence thank you that this church is growing spiritually physically every Sunday we send people say I want to be a part of this and Lord we don't take that for granted we say thank you let your word go forth again anoint your servant to proclaim your word glorify yourself in this house help us not to be hearers alone but doers of your word we thank you for increase we thank you for lives to be changed souls to be saved miracles signs and wonder in this house we cover this church with the blood of Jesus by faith we decree and declare all is well in Jesus name Amen you may be seated I want to talk with you on the subject titled God's Waiting Room. God has a waiting room. And I want to share with you about that's my assignment this morning. Let me tell you that the message was given to me. I was visiting the hospital. Uh, just trying to pray for people in the community. And the family that called on me and requested my presence, when I got to the hospital, I couldn't find them. So we were texting each other. I'm here. Where are you? I've seen your loved ones, but I didn't see you. Oh, they said we are in the waiting room. Okay. I thought that was just normal communication. But I heard the Lord speak to me. Son of man, do you know that God has a waiting room? Now you know where the message come from. I did not know that. But now I do. The first thing I did was to call my children who are in this field called medicine. And I said, tell me, what is a waiting room? What is the purpose of a waiting room? I didn't tell them what's going on in my life. 
I did not tell them about my conversation with the Holy Spirit. I just want them to educate me from their own scientific perspective. And I was told that our waiting room is a space in the hospital or a doctor's office. And it's meant for people who are waiting to be seen by the doctor. Or people who are waiting to witness a miracle outcome of their loved one going through a surgery. And all of a sudden, heaven began to download. I may not know much, but I know that Jesus Christ is a doctor. If I pass the microphone around the house, you'll be amazed how many people will testify that yes, he is a great physician who never lost a patient. Many will tell you he healed their body. I say, thank you, Lord. Then I began to do more research on my own. And I discovered that waiting rooms are not unique just to the hospital. If you go to the airport, believe it or not, there's a waiting room. If you go to a very fancy restaurant, <laughs> There are waiting area until you are served. So we see that there is this thing called a waiting room. I submit to you by permission of the Holy Spirit this morning that God, your God, my God, has a waiting room. The Bible is full of examples of people who God wants to bless, but they had to wait. Abraham was a good example of that. God told him, I will bless you. I will make your name great. Through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And guess what else? You will have your own son, even though you're old. Because I'm God and God all by myself. I can stop there and have charge because there are some of us who are going through right now. And the devil has been lying to you that what you're believing God for is too late. But I start by to tell you, with God, all things are possible. God did it for Abraham. God did it for Sarah. And ladies and gentlemen, if you study your Bible, you will notice that Abraham had to stay in the waiting room of God for 25 long years. It's not just Abraham, Israel, 
was set free in Egypt land. You all know the story. But when they were going to their promised land, it's just a few days journey. But God puts them in God's waiting room. And they never got there until 40 years later. I'm talking about God's waiting room. If you don't believe me, check with Brother David, the king of Israel. He was only 16 years old. When God said, send the prophet to the house of Jesse to anoint him as the next king of Israel. 16 year old. But guess what? Immediately after he was anointed and appointed to be king, God sent him to God's waiting room. He did not become a king until 14 years later. I'm talking about God's waiting room. If you don't believe me, ask Joseph. Joseph was given a dream, a beautiful dream of how God's going to bless him, how God's going to prosper him. But guess what happened? He found himself being sold as a slave. He found himself in a pit. He found himself in prison. All those times he was in God's waiting room. Eventually he ended up in the palace. By the way, permit me to mention to you why you are in God's waiting room. Be careful that you don't go get ahead of God. Because if you do, your waiting in that room will be longer. If you don't believe me, talk to Abraham. When he was in God's waiting room, he was trying to find an alternative plan. And he ended up with a fake Ishmael, you right? And bless God, in the end, his mistake mocked his miracle. You want to be careful that you don't get ahead of God so that God can bless you. Israel was like that. They were in God's waiting room and Moses had to go up the mountain to, to have an encounter with God. But they got ahead of God. They got tired of waiting on God. And bless God, guess what happened? Before Moses came back, before the preacher came back, they made a golden cow. They forgot a God who said, Thou shalt have no other God beside me. And that mistake mocked their miracle. So be careful 
when God puts you in his waiting room, be careful you don't jump ahead of God. If you receive that, say amen. amen. So, brother pastor, can you tell me what is God's waiting room? I'm glad you asked. God's waiting room is when you and me are in hurry for something to happen, but while you're in hurry, God isn't. There are many of you here that God sent me to this morning. In your life, if the truth be told, you are right now in God's waiting room. You are in hurry to graduate from school. But God has put you in his waiting room. You are in hurry to get married. If you get ahead of God, you're going to marry Brother Baba, all right. But you will remember someday, God sent a preacher to tell you, when you are in God's waiting room, sit down. Wait on God. Maybe when I finish today, I get one of those sisters to sing, I don't mind waiting. The secret of true success in life is to recognize when God puts you in his waiting room and to be humble enough not to get ahead of God. But you're saying, Pastor, but it's time for me to have my own family. Oh, it's time for me to launch my own business. Oh, Pastor, I see other people doing their thing. I need my own career to, to jumpstart right now. You're busy. You say, I want my, my own dream to come to pass. I just, I'm tired of hearing other people testify. I want my goal to be realized right now. You're saying by now, I should have been married. You're saying by now, I should have owned my own car. I'm tired of catching up with the boss every day. Could it be that God wants to, you to trust him while you're in your waiting room? Ladies and gentlemen, some of you say, Pastor, by now I should have had my own child. Pastor, do you realize how old I am? Everybody's bragging about their own home. By now I should have my own house. But ladies and gentlemen, you need to recognize that God has put you in his waiting room. Why do you need to know that? Because God's timing is the best time. And if you will learn to allow God to do it, when he does it, you have the real thing. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, 
too many of us, we are giving up on our dreams. You know why? Because it's not been accomplished. We get tired of waiting. Because it doesn't happen as fast as we want. Or not fast enough. So we say, no, I don't want to deal with that no more. Maybe God don't want me to have it. We come up with all kinds of reasoning to justify why we should walk out of God's waiting room. Some of you, you've had dreams that have been battered. Some of you have dreams that have been broken, that have been bruised. Some of you, out of discouragement, out of disappointment, now you're saying, no, I don't want to try no more. I've had too many boyfriends that let me down. No, I'm through with men. I don't even want to work no more. Because every time I get a job, the devil steps in. God sent me to tell you this morning, if God gives you a dream, though that dream tarries, though the vision tarries, God said, wait on it. Wait on it. Because it will soon come to pass. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. The Bible said, let me call your attention to it again. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3. He said the, the vision, the dream will surely come to pass. You can bank on it. When God says it shall come to pass, it shall come to pass. So what do you do? You got to wait in the waiting room of God. The Bible says your vision is for an appointed time. In other words, God has a time when that dream will come to pass. God has an appointed time when you will find that Boaz you're looking for. God has an appointed time when your child will blossom. God has an appointed time when your vision will materialize in your lifetime. The question this morning is, are you willing to wait on God's timing? The Bible said that vision, though it tarries, wait on it. He shall speak and not lie. I know right now it looks like it's slow coming. I know right now it looks like it's been delayed. But I hear the Lord said in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will mount a wing as eagle. Am I still in the book? They will run and not get weary. And they will walk 
and not faint. So I said to somebody this morning, wait on God. You are now in God's waiting room. And when it's all over, he may not come when you want him. But he'll be right on time. Look at your neighbor and say, wait on God. Brother Pastor, okay, I get it. Thank you for telling me about God's waiting room. But why? Why would God promise Abraham his own son and then make him wait 25 years? Why would God anoint David to be king and make him wait 40 more years? Why would God set Israel free? It was God who sent Moses to Pharaoh, say, let my people go. It was God's idea. It was God's orchestration. But why will he wait 40 years? I'll tell you two reasons why God will make you wait. How many reasons? Number one, to prepare you. Right now, somebody is in God's waiting room. And God is preparing you for the blessings ahead. So that you don't screw it up. So that you don't mess it up. So that you don't blow it. He needs to get you ready for the blessing. If you receive that, say amen. amen. Another reason why God will put you in God's waiting room is because he wants to test your faith. Do you have character to be king? Do you have character to be promoted? Do you trust God enough? He said if you are faithful over little things, I will make you ruler over many. So it means, ladies and gentlemen, why are you working so hard on the project? Why are you working so hard on the dream? Why are you laboring so much on the goal? Guess what God is doing? God is working on you. Not the project. Not the dream. He can snatch his finger. And make all your dream come to pass instantly. A thousand years is like one day before God. But God is full of wisdom. He's not going to give you something that will kill you. After you've done all you can. After he has prepared you. Then you will see what we call manifestation. Ladies and gentlemen, God's intent is to give you every promise. More than 6,000 promises in the word of God. It's all yours. He wants to give you the promises. He wants to answer your prayer. That which you are praying for, he wants to make it happen. 
But he wants to prepare you first. Did you hear me? You know we sing our song this, in this church. We will say, Lord, prepare me. To be a what? Pure and holy. Tried and true. But we sing it, but we never think much about it. But as soon as we find ourselves in God's waiting room, then we begin to complain. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 8 says, God is talking, say, at the right time, I will do it for you. 96 times in the word of God, you see the Bible talk about at the right time, at the appointed time. See, God has a plan. That plan is good. That plan is to prosper you. That plan is to give you an expected end. But not only does he have plan for you, he also have time. So God's timing is the best. So you need to know that your delay is not a denial. If that applies to you, say amen. You know why I ask you to say amen? Because there's a difference between the word no and the word wait. Only children, babies, confuse the two. If little baby comes before you and say, okay, daddy, mama, I want you to do this for me, and you say, not now. And you see the baby start crying. <laughs> you know what the problem is? He doesn't understand the difference between no and not now. I pray that you will become matured in the Lord. So when God says wait, then you need to learn to wait on God. Amen, somebody. I say again, delay is not denial. If you receive that, say amen. amen. Now, I am a man who lives in reality. So I'm not saying it's easy to stay in God's waiting room. How do I know I've been there? The truth be told, Delays in life can lead to negative emotions. Am I telling the truth? While you're waiting, before you realize it, the devil begins to put suggestions in your mind. While you're waiting, you begin to get worried. While you're waiting, you begin to get stressed out. You become anxious. Sometimes you become irritable. Sometimes you're just frustrated. I've been there. It's not easy. Even though we say, I don't mind waiting. But it's not fun to wait. 
Because you look around, you say, Lord, sister so-so and so got promoted. I didn't get promoted. The devil will make sure you know. You look in your life, you say, sister so-so and so just got engaged. I've been praying for the same blessing now since 1902. The devil makes sure you know about it. You say, brother Susan, so and so we graduated from high school together. Now he them graduate. He's now an engineer. And I've got nothing behind my name. The devil begin to make all these suggestions. Then you begin to have a pity party. So before I leave today, I want to share with you what you need to be doing when you're in God's waiting room. Because right now, what many of us are doing is not right. Many of us, that's the time we, we choose to be complaining. That's the time we choose to be murmuring. That's the time we choose to be questioning God. That's the time we are nervous and impatient and frustrated. But there is a way to be able to spend your waiting time effectively. And God will even bless you more. So what do God wants you to be doing when you're in his waiting room? Four things, and I'll let you go. Number one, fear not. Number two, fret not. Number three, forget not. Number four, faint not. I'll just give you a summary of the whole Bible. If you can grab hold of what I'm teaching you today, your life will be better. Your life will be richer. You will have a testimony. Other people will see you and say, when I grow up, I want to be like Sister Susan. Number one, fear not. What does that mean? It means trust God. You have to learn to trust God. No matter what is going on, I'm speaking to some pastors right now. Pastors will call me. How do I do this? Why, why, why it's not working for me? I tried this, I tried that, but it's not working out. What's wrong with me? There ain't nothing wrong with you. I hear the Lord say, while you are in God's waiting room, learn not to fear. Instead, what you need to do is to trust God. The opposite of fear is faith. And what I'm suggesting to you, the more you trust God, the less you'll be afraid. Did you hear what I said? Mark chapter 5 verse 35 says, don't be afraid, just trust me. Maybe you're in the hospital right now. And the doctor is telling you you don't look good. They are showing you reports and diagnosis. I hear the Lord say, whose report are you going to believe? I don't know about you. I believe 
the report of the Lord. Those of us who are theologians will tell you 365 times God said in his Bible, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. That means this, fear not for each day of the year. So when you get up in the morning, regardless of the report, regardless of the mail you receive, regardless of what the devil is trying to throw at you, remember the word of God. It says, have no fear. Number two, I said, fret not. That means be patient. Be patient and be humble. To fret means you are worried. You'll be amazed, folks, who are preaching the gospel. But they fret. They're worried. When you get home, Google how many pastors quit in the year 2022. You will be shocked in your country. You got a telephone, Google it. Knowledge is power. Guess what is happening? They fret. They overwhelm. They are worried. Some even go as far as just closing down the whole church. But God is saying to you and me today, when you get anxious, you are in fret. You see, fret not. Don't worry. Don't force. Be still. One scripture put it this way in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. You know, it said, be careful for nothing. My family will tell you, that's one thing they don't understand about me. We have problems. Things happen just like everybody. People will come here and say, Pastor, I'm going through this. I see Pastor is immune. Pastor don't have no problem. But the truth be told, I have more problem than you. Because I am a target of the devil. He doesn't want me to educate you about the power of God to heal. About the power of God to save. About the power of God to set free. About the power of God to deliver. So constantly I am under attack. But how do I survive? Day after day. Week after week, month after month, year after year, I've learned the word of God. I say, be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace, the peace of God. Have you ever found yourself in the midst of storm and you still have peace? Have you ever found yourself, people lie on you and tell stories about you and God will say, be still and know I am God. 
So learn not to fear. Fear not. And secondly, fret not. Let me hurry up for the sake of time. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he can lift you up in due time. There's a time that is due. There's an appointed time. So whatever you're doing for God, just keep on doing it. Just keep on doing it. I never will forget on my job. Somebody came out with some lies about me. And, oh, I've been trained to fight back. In lawyering, that's what you're trained for, to defend yourself. But the Holy Spirit said, don't say one word. I have to be still and know, Brother Deacon, that person is out of job today. I didn't say one word about him. I didn't see anything in response. Let the Lord fight your battle. Be still. And know. God is God. Number three. The Bible says, forget not. What are we talking about? We're talking about the word of God. Forget not. Study God's promises. I told you there are over 6,000 of them. Don't forget what God said. He said you can hold him to his word. He said you can put him in remembrance of his word. If I ask you today, can you name one of those promises he made? You'll be surprised. Many of you will say, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to make sure you don't forget what God has said. Because think about it. How can you claim what you don't even know? If you cannot name it, you cannot claim it. Invest your time to know what God said. And by can you imagine one, one time, I, true story, I scratched my, my, my automobile. I was, trying to, I was rushing to a meeting, and I was trying to back out of the garage, and I don't want to hit my wife's car. So, because that will, that will send me to hell right there. So, so, I was trying to back out, and bless God, I scraped the side of So, everybody said, oh, how you just messed up a beautiful automobile. I said, oh, there's no problem. You know why I can say that? Because I know my insurance policy. I can name, oh, yes, Lord. I can name it. You. <laughs> oh, glory. I say, come pick your baby up and fix it. When you fix it, Call me. They say, well, you have a, a deductible for $500. I say, I know that too. They say, boy, because you're a good customer, we'll waive that too. You know what I'm trying I use simple things to illustrate deep things of God. You got to learn to name it. Read your policy. Find whether it's your home 
insurance, whether it's your automobile insurance, whether it's your health insurance, it don't matter what kind of policy. You got to be able to name this one is mine, that one is mine, this isn't my policy. If you don't know what belongs to you, the devil will whoop you around. I gotta go. In conclusion, faint not. The Bible says, while you are waiting, faint not. It means don't quit. Where's Sister Angela? Praise the Lord. Come here and sing for us. If you don't understand what I'm saying, maybe the song will help you. My goal is to make sure every member of this church are spiritually matured and you're walking around in victory so that when the, the devil see your address, they say, we're well, not this house. Uh, we, we've tried that. That don't work here. Let's go to the next one. Whatever you're going through right now, don't quit in your faith. Don't give up on God. I said he may not come when you want him. But it's always on time. Everybody stand to your feet. Sister Angela, come sing to us. This is invitation for you and for me. If you are right now in God's waiting room and you need strength to go through and you need God, angels to help you, you the one God sent me to. Find your way to the altar. I want to pray with you. While this woman of God is saved.
the world said, though the vision tired, we should wait. That vision will speak. It shall not lie. At the appointed time, that miracle will come to pass. That prayer will be answered. And Lord, we don't mind waiting in your waiting room. Yes, in that room, there are no Wi-Fi. There are no entertainment. There are no, no, no plans to, to look good. But we're going to wait on the word of God. We're going to wait on the promises of God. We pray right now for every soul before this altar. Everything the devil meant for evil. Lord, we thank you for a turnaround. We thank you for a miracle in our life. Miracle in the life of our children. Miracle in the life of our children's children. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of miracle. We're going to wait without fear. We're not going to fret about it. We're going to make sure we don't forget the promises of God. We're going to wait on the word of God. And Lord, we thank you that we're not going to give up. We thank you that you will come through for us. At the appointed time, I pray for everyone before this altar that miracle will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for promotion in this house. I thank you for newborn babies in this house. I thank you for successful marriages in this house. I thank you for successful businesses in this house. I thank you that dreams are coming to pass. I thank you that our vision will come to pass. I thank you, oh God, that the hand of God will be upon everyone before this altar. I'll cover you with the blood of Jesus. It is so. I said it is so. In Jesus' name. Open your mouth, shout amen. If you don't mind waiting, shout amen. If you trust in God's timing, give God your loudest amen. to invite anybody that you're here today you're looking for a church home and you want to be a part of what God is doing in this house will you please come forward new members come forward new believers come forward say pastor I want to be a part of this this is your time while everybody is living quietly. New members, I ask that you please meet the pastor. And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord give you peace in the midst of your storm. May the Lord answer every prayer request that you make that is granted in the word of God. And while you wait upon the Lord, may God make a way out of no way. It is so. 
Jesus' name. Amen.